0: Welcome to Abuelas en Acción, a podcast for our common good. I am Dr. Rosemary Celaya Alston, and I'm here with my co-host, Marie Dalstrom. We are abuelas, grandmothers who care about the future of our country. Together in our podcast, we explore issues that affect Latino health, social and health inequities, climate change, immigration, and economic justice. We are honored to interview experts and activists who are making a difference in their communities. Our guest today is making a difference in Portland, Oregon. Her name is Elizabeth Lopez Hernandez, and she is the Climate and Health Equity Program Coordinator and Community Health Worker at Familias en Acción in Portland, Oregon our sister agency. Elizabeth graduated with a bachelor's in political science and international studies with a French minor from Portland State University. In her previous position as program coordinator, she created and led a youth environmental leadership program in collaboration with Portland's Bureau of Environmental Services, which focused on strengthening the leadership skills and environmental conservation conservation knowledge regarding people of color. In her spare time, she enjoys traveling, hiking, camping, running, snowboarding, photography, and spending time with her family and her dog, Lucy. She also cares deeply about protecting the environment and hopes to eventually pursue a graduate degree in sustainability environmental management. She is currently learning the Russian language. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for being here with us today.
1: Hello, and, um, and Marie. Thank you for having me. I'm
0: so excited to be here. <laughs> Please share a defining mo- moment with us, Elizabeth, in your life.
1: Yeah, I think a defining moment in my life would be when I first started working as a youth advocate. Um, while I was an undergraduate graduate at Portland State, I had the opportunity to intern. Um, as a facilitator for Girls Inc. Um, and I was assigned to work at a Boys and Girls Club um, after school program in Hillsboro, And so I had a group of about 10 to 15 um, fifth graders. Um, and we did various activities exposing the girls to, um, to science, um, engineering, math, um, so everything had to do with the smart, um, SMART and art. Um, and it was to me, it was such a rewarding a position because I am very passionate passionate about giving our youth every opportunity that, it's, that I can to make sure that they feel comfortable to be their own leaders, um, especially female youth um, and of color also. Um, just because when I was growing up I didn't have these opportunities to kind of experience and try out whether I like science or math or engineering or architecture like I didn't have these opportunities because I didn't know about them my parents didn't know about them the schools that I attended did not have these after school programs and so I never developed that passion for these academic areas um, until later but um working with um, Girls Inc and Girl Scouts of Southwest Washington and Oregon, um, it was such a rewarding opportunity because I was able to see how these girls were developing their confidence from like day one or they would come into the classroom and they were really shy and they weren't sure whether they wanted to solve the science experiments that we had for them, um, or they just didn't want to participate because they did not feel comfortable And then towards the end of the programs, they were all very like active and they were willing to take on roles of like facilitating the activities they themselves. And that to me was such an amazing thing to see because I I was helping them like become these confident individuals. Um yeah, uh (laughs) yeah, I was just so happy to be able to help them throughout that process and for them to eventually like pursue careers in these areas um and then that led me into working as a youth advocate at a local high school here in Portland um in which I did a similar thing but I was working with high schoolers so we were finding them internships that related to a career that they thought that they were interested in um and a few of them actually just graduated last year um and one of them that I helped them connect with the Oregon series is actually pursuing a veterinary um, major diploma at Oregon State. So it's been such a such an amazing thing to see that I, I have been able to make these changes in their life um, and that I just planted the seed in them to become leaders in their own communities. You were
0: mentoring and teaching and advocating and doing all those roles at the same time, Elizabeth, and I wish STEM programs like STEM would have been part of our, our lives. But what we can do now is show other youth that the light bulb can be turned on for ourselves as well. So thank you for sharing that. How have your experiences as the daughter of farm workers influenced you as a Latinx environmentalist?
1: Yeah, um, as a daughter of a field worker and a housekeeper from Oaxaca, Mexico, um, have taught me various things. um, And they continue to teach me now as an adult. Um, But I think the first thing that they've taught me has been to be curious about everything that's around me. Um, And this is where I think that my love and passion for learning about other cultures, languages, and countries are different from what I know and what what I consider to be mine comes from. Um, And this has led me to living and working abroad um, to be able to truly appreciate those cultural differences and also kind of see the difference difference in lifestyles um from living here in the states or in mexico compared to living abroad um and i think the second which i truly truly um hold as something that's like super very important to me has been to respect and hover my connection with the environment that i call home because without it i wouldn't be able to exist and Live and do all the things that I'm passionate about. Um, And the last thing is as a young child, I had the opportunity to live for a short period of time in in my parents' hometown in Oaxaca. Um, And I think that this experience, along with their life stories, are what planted the seed of curiosity in me. And that will, that desire to want to make a change in how um, our environment and our communities are treated. and also to only take what I need to to live um, and making sure that I'm not taking more than, than I should. Um, and then the last thing, I actually would not call myself a Latinx environmentalist because I myself am still learning what this term is and what it means to be a Latinx environmentalist. However, I would call myself an advocate because I, yes, I do care for the environment, but I also care that our communities are being treated um, with dignity and respect and that policies are being created and embedded in our societies that respect both our environment and our community and making sure that they are given rights that they deserve um, and that their voices are being heard and that they also understand the self-advocacy that they possess and the skills that they have that make them stronger leaders in their community.
0: I I appreciate the distinction that you make between Um, The environment and the community and yet how some of those policies can really come up against um, still a very painful and suffering time in terms of um, oftentimes those people who, who bring the food to our tables and what that means. So, thank you, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the climate justice program at Familia Selección, and what is your role as a community health worker there?
1: Yeah, so Climática was born from a grant that Familias received. Um, it's a grant of ninety nine thousand nine hundred seventy five dollars um, from the City of Portland Clean Energy um, Community Fund um, or PCF. Um, it was awarded to Familias earlier this year. In um, our Acción Climática, those from the community, uh, our Acción Climática is built on the values of community resilience, um, including physical, physical, spiritual, mental well-being, and understanding, uh, understanding resilience as more than bouncing back from adversity, but resources like determination, self-worth, and kindness. Um, our Axiom Climatica initiative follows the pillars of culture and identity, family resilience and well-being and access to food and ensuring that our Lat- Latinx, Latino and Latino community is being included in decisions and re- when it comes to land usage. Um, in food and land sovereignty, um, advocacy and community engagement. Uh, My role in Accion Climatica is uh, that of the program coordinator. So I am supporting and planning, um, researching, and facilitating public engagement activities for the Latinx, Latino, and Latina communities um, here in Portland. Um, So a lot of our workshops um, that I'm helping, um, that I am supporting. Strengthen the community's skills and knowledge on how to navigate climate change effects on their health and families. Um, previously, I worked as a um, COVID nineteen community health worker, so I was working directly with communities being, that were being affected by COVID. Um, and this was great because I, um, how I see this work is. I and with each one of the families that I was working with I saw my family um I could connect with them and I felt like me being this middle person and facilitating these just resources with the community um I was oh, wait <laughs> I need a break I know I lost my <laughs> train of thought. sorry that's okay that's
2: okay <laughs> Elizabeth is, um, I love what what she said about uh, each one of these families, um, you know, make me think about my family and what I would want for my family. And that's wonderful.
0: So you really have tied in a lot of different kinds of things into your different roles and um, have explained the grant a little bit to us and so we really um, appreciate knowing that um, different um, communities are involved in looking at this in a deeper and broader way
1: yeah thank you Um Okay, oh, think I'm
2: thinking <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Sorry. you you are good. You are good, and uh, we really appreciate having this opportunity to talk to you because um, uh, I have I, I certainly had um, the privilege of working with you um, as this program uh, you know uh, began, and I was so impressed by the heart and your uh, the humility that you brought into your work with the community. Because the bottom line is that um, your priority as a community health worker working with uh, Acción Climática at uh, Familias en Acción is to ensure that Every um, Oregonian, uh, all of the, the, the families um, that Familia serves uh, is safe and that they have the information that they need to thrive during climate change, global warming, and that um, there is equity uh, and justice about the resources that are made available to the community. Um, You recently conducted community talks and charlas about climate change uh, in Portland. Tell us, what did you learn from the community?
1: Yeah, um, first of all, it was such an amazing opportunity to be able to facilitate these charlas with the community members. Um, especially in Spanish, um, because there aren't a lot, I personally feel like there aren't a lot of opportunities or spaces in which um, our older Latinx, Latino or Latina generation can participate because of the language barrier. So to me, that was an amazing opportunity because like I mentioned, when I'm working with these families, I feel like I I see my my family reflected in their families because... I've always had to be the middle person between my parents and whatever system or resource they're trying to access to and just be able to facilitate these trials in Spanish and hearing what they had to say was an amazing opportunity. I learned a lot from them. Um, They are such incredible individuals that are just so eager and ready to take action um, on how to navigate uh, the impact that climate change is causing on the community and for their voices to be heard, they're just so ready to be able to do something. Um, and I learned that there continues to be this disconnect between the Latinx, Latino and Latina community and governmental agencies when it comes to them accessing resources to help them prepare for wildfire season for extreme heat and winter storms, um, which to me is a little bit frustrating because I had a do this type of navigation when I was younger with my parents and to still see that there are still these disconnects um, to me is unacceptable. (laughs) Um, They should be able to have these resources um, available to them and their language, and it should be easy to navigate for them. But it is not. Um, I learned that they are still facing health um, there, some of the health illnesses are being exacerbated because of our heat, strong, um, heat waves that we have, uh, because of the wildfire, a lot of them work outside. So they're exposed to a lot of this, a lot more versus those who, try, who work in indoor jobs or hold indoor jobs. Um, they're being impacted financially because as they get sick, they're having to go to the doctor, buying more medicine. Or for those who work outside, their income is being reduced because of either they're not having to work the day where it's heavy outside with smoke, or it's too hot for them to do their jobs outside. Um, so their income is being reduced, meaning that they're not able to bring um, the income that they normally do to their homes they're not able to purchase the things that they need for their families um and their mental health is also being impacted because there there's this instability of like okay well will this season be this season's wildfire be the same as last year will it be worse will i be able to afford and pay my rent at the end of the month and still feed my children will i even have a home to live in by the end of the season? So that they're just being impacted, and i there's just so much that the 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 governmental agencies can do because they have the power um but they're just not being listened to so
2: so elizabeth so um. This uh, these charlas and uh, the plan that's being developed for um, by familias for the city of Portland will be extremely important because uh, so much of the time, uh, uh, policy makers are not uh, understanding um, for whatever reason, are not a st- uh, understanding um, uh, the issues and the barriers faced by our most vulnerable community members and you learned a lot as you just shared um, that for uh community members who um uh uh, work outdoors or even work in the hospitality industry mm-hmm. that was impacted um, by the extreme heat by um, uh, wildfires and of course covid they community members then lose money uh, lose um, uh, income and um and and it puts a stress on the family and their mental health uh, we know that covid uh, had a devastating impact on mm-hmm. families and and so families who are already uh, suffering from the impact of COVID then, it, you you add to it uh, global warming, climate change. So um, this is really, really important for for uh, policymakers.
1: It is. It's really important. Um, and this is why I I feel like there should be more spaces in which our community should be able to voice these experiences Um because yes, they're facing all of these challenges, but they're still maintaining such a positive outlook on life. And they're determined to be part of an initiative or an agency or an, or a program that will help them voice these concerns, but also at the same time, they can learn, uh, strengthen their um, knowledge on how to navigate these, um, these impacts that we're seeing with climate change every year. Um, Absolutely.
2: And that was fabulous. I had the the honor of being able to um, listen in on some of your charlas. And the knowledge, uh, families are concerned, they're living and breathing the impact of climate change, and they want to take action. And so uh, that's exciting uh, to be able to know that the community is ready to be a part of uh, taking action. Well. Um, thank you again for being with us today. And so our, our final question to you is, how do you and your colleagues, what do you want your parents and grandparents, abuelos, uh, to know about climate change and how to take action? What, what do you want them to do?
1: Yeah, I think one of the main ways in which our parents and abuelos can take action on climate change is speaking up and connecting with organizations that will help them that will help make their voices um, louder and heard by governmental agencies that have the power to implement those policies that will help create ne- the necessary changes in their work environments and everyday life, in which they are less prone to be negatively affected by climate change, and are create activities in which they can strengthen their skills in navigation and navigating the impacts of climate change on them as a community. Um, but I also think that another way that they can um, take action is simply sharing their wisdom on life um, with the younger generation because our respect and appreciation for our environment are intertwined with our everyday um, of, and perspectives on life. Um, just like Priscila Ibarra mentioned in her interview, our parents teach us about how to respect the environment and the resources that sustain us um, through life stories. They don't label... If they're gonna tell us a story from when they were younger and it has, and it has to do with the environment and nature they're not gonna tell us like oh today we're gonna talk about how to respect mother nature no they always tell us um how to respect it through their life stories um and how to respect the environment and the resources that sustain us um but it's also important because that's how we make a connection with our history our family and our cultural identity which give us the strength to be resilient. Um, and these connections are also a source of strength in navigating the challenges that result from climate change, such as mental health and um, health illnesses.
2: Well, and thank you for talking about the strength of our families because our families are strong. And um, we, uh, we just need to be able to access resources to uh, help us, and uh, it's important to talk about it. Um, uh, You, uh, Elizabeth, mentioned a previous um, podcast guest, uh, Dr. Priscilla Ybarra, who... Uh, We would encourage listeners to listen to her interview, uh, which is available on our uh, Abuelas en Acción. Uh, Also, I wanted to mention one thing is uh, Dr. Catherine Hayhoe, who wrote the book, saving us. Uh, She's a climate scientist, and she says the same thing that you said, Elizabeth, is we need to talk about it. Talk about climate change with our families. Talk about it at dinner. Talk about it at lunch and breakfast. Just be able to at least begin to have a discussion. Uh, We may not be on the same page as families and, and friends about the issue, but we need to begin to talk about it. So, Rosemary, any final thoughts that you have?
0: I just really appreciated, Elizabeth, your ability to um, talk about how much this, these issues impact community from not being able to work, to being sick, to not being able to know whether or not these fires are going to destroy more stuff next year for them, not having a place to live. Um, all of the health conditions, you made a really nice connection with, you know, how much this really does involve people's lives and what they breathe outside when they're working. So you, you provided a, a, a really nice um, way for people to think about this and to connect those dots. And, you know, um, a simple way of looking at why this is important to all of us. And I really appreciate your work. Thank, Thank you, you,
2: Elizabeth, for being with us. And if our, uh, our listeners would like more information about the um, Climate Action Program from Familias and Accion, tell them where, where, where can they get more information and sign up for the newsletter.
1: Yeah, they can find more information on Accion Climatica by going to our, um, to Um They should be able to find us on Accion Climatica. Um, They'll find education opportunities, resources, uh, they're primarily in Oregon, um, as well as a little bit of different activities that we have.
2: Thank you, Elizabeth, and thank you to our listeners uh, for joining us. And we are always grateful to our sponsor, Familias en Acción. Please subscribe to our podcast on Buzzsprout, Apple, and Spotify. And we look forward to having you join us next time on Abuelas en Acción. Gracias.